today we're going to bring to conclusion our series that we've been journeying through since the beginning of the new year entitled Grow. Can you say grow? Oh, come on. Look at, look at somebody next to you and say grow. This is all rooted in John chapter 15, where Jesus talks about our connection to him as disciples. And over the last number of weeks, we've, we've talked about how Jesus, he actually desires us to be aware that he is the vine, we are the branches, and God our Father is the gardener. And God has a desire for our lives that we would be fruitful. In other words, that, that our lives would grow, our faith would grow, we would develop fruit. And we've looked at this dynamic that part of fruitfulness in our lives includes pruning. Come on, how many of you, you've experienced some pruning in your life at some point? God desires us to be fruitful even to the point that, that he'll cut back things in our lives so that we can bear more fruit. We also talked about how maturity as a follower of Jesus isn't recognized by uh, your, your own ability to kind of be independent, but rather maturity as a follower of Jesus is marked by greater dependence on Jesus. Last week, Pastor Andy brought a message on how we are called to be seated in Christ. It's not that we have this ability to, to get there ourselves. We, we need his work in remaining in him. And today, I'm going to bring this series to conclusion. We're going to go back to John chapter 15 one more time. And if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this title down. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. That's, that's what we're going to focus on. And, and how many of you know that wouldn't life be so much easier if everyone else just stayed in their lane? Have you noticed this? I, I feel like every time I drive, whether it's on the streets in Tacoma or it's down I-5, there is something in these other cars that are attracted to the lane that I'm in. And internally, my dialogue is like, no, 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 you don't get it. I am occupying this lane. Stay in your lane. I'm in the right lane. You're trying to get in the wrong lane. Life would be a lot easier if people just understood what I understand. And the reality is, often when I experience this, this tension, my mind goes back to a masterpiece of a commercial that came out a few years ago. Take a moment, check this out. First tattoo? Yeah. Relax, amigo, it's gonna look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay is not okay. Come on. I, I love that commercial. Here's, here's a guy getting his first tattoo. He's looking at the tattoo artist, and he's like, you mean you're one of the best, right? And he's like, yeah, something like that. And then, you know, the question is, wait, shouldn't there be a stencil? Shouldn't there be something you're following? And, and I love the response. Stay in your lane, bro. And today, here's what I'm here to remind you as Life Center. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, because here's the reality. There's a real danger for each and every one of us as followers of Jesus for lane drift. 
You see, here, here's the danger with lane drift is lane drift is always subtle. In fact, as you're driving down the road, you don't really notice it until the person next to you honks. Or if you have somebody in your car with you that, that reminds you, come on, how many of you, you have somebody in your car that often reminds you when you are drifting lanes? Can I get an amen? amen. Number of years ago, number of years ago, we, we purchased a vehicle that instead of maybe that other person, again, hypothetically, letting you know if you're drifting, uh, instead of that other individual, the car actually beeps at you if you start drifting from your lane. Now, wouldn't that be nice if life afforded you that same opportunity? You, you start drifting out of the lane that God has designed for you to, to travel in. And, and here's what I know. When we drift out of the, the lane that God has provided for us, that drift is often subtle. That's what makes it so dangerous. It, it's a subtle drift. And today, I want you to consider this question, what lane are you traveling in? I want you to think about that for real today. Because there's a lot of different lanes that we can choose in life. Some of us today, we are traveling life in the shame lane. In other words, we're, we're driving through life, we're walking through life, and all we feel, all we, we experience is this thing called shame. Guilt. We, we messed up. We fell short. We, we made some decisions. It's created some wreckage. And no matter how hard we try, even in moments like this morning where everybody around us is worshiping, all we can think about is our failure. All we can think about is, is how different would life look if we could have. And so we're traveling through life down the shame lane. Others of us, we're we're traveling a radically different lane. We're, we're traveling the bored lane. We're just bored. I mean, today, during, during worship, we're like, okay, yeah, that's great. Jesus, we need a miracle. I, I need to get out of here because there's a football game. <laughs> we're just bored. We're bored with work. We're bored in our family. Some of you, you're, you're bored in your marriage. It, you, you go through life, you're going through the motions, but, but there's no feeling, there's nothing. You're, you're just in the bored lane. Some of us, we're busy in the achievement lane. And this is kind of a fun lane for a while because it's faster, fast, it's pedal to the metal. So we want to achieve, man, I want to, I want to achieve more in my career. I want to, I want to put more in the bank account. I want to put more in my portfolio. And it's, it's advancement and achievement and advancement and achievement until what end? If we're not careful, this can show up even in our journey with Jesus, where, where it's more about achieving than it is about abiding. Achievemently. Some of us, we're busy driving the legalistic lane. You know you're in the legalistic lane when you're really good at critiquing everybody else's driving. Come on, people in the legalistic lane, they come to a complete stop every single time. And they have a bumper sticker that reminds you that they come to a complete stop every single time. 
See, people who are driving the legalistic lane, man, it's easy to critique others. It's easy to, to cast judgment on others because they're so convinced they are doing it right. And because of that, they have special standing. Some of us were busy driving the blame lane. If your parents just would have, if your kids just would have, if, if, if your ex-spouse would have, and the problem is the lane that you're traveling is full of potholes that somebody else created, and, and if they just would have done it right, then life wouldn't feel like this. It's the blame lane. Let's be honest, some of us, we're, we're driving the distracted lane, aren't we? See, some of you right now, like, you're here physically, but you're liking what somebody ate last night on social media right now as I'm talking. We're distracted. I mean, giving God 15 minutes of our undivided attention to what he might want to say to us, it's, it's just too big of a price to pay. One thing I know about our culture, one thing I know about me, it's way easy to live in the distracted lane, isn't it? See, all of us, we're, we're traveling in some type of lane, and as a Jesus follower, I'm, I'm talking to you today, and, and for those who are maybe exploring faith, for those of you who are not yet a follower of Jesus, lean in, because I believe that the Spirit of God wants to speak something to you as well today. But listen, as a Jesus follower, there is a clear lane that we are called to travel in. It's a lane we are not designed to drift or depart from. And, and my prayer today is much like in that car that has that lane departure assist, that sirens would begin to go off in our heart and mind as the Spirit of God speaks to us saying, hey, you got to get back in your lane. I'm here to encourage us, life center, stay in your lane. Jesus followers, stay in your lane. And what is that lane? Well, Jesus has provided for us a lane called love. A lane called love. You see, he invites us to remain in it. He welcomes us to, to stay in it. But this is the great danger for all of us. The drift is subtle. See, some of us, we remember what it was like to experience the love of Jesus for the first time. And it, it literally changed everything. But at some point, we, we lost sight of that love and we drifted over into legalism in our own effort, our own earning, or, or we lost sight of that love and, and we are racked by shame and guilt, or, or we lost sight of that love and all the woulda, shoulda, couldas. But today, it's this reminder, it's this opportunity to get back in the right lane and to stay there, to be planted there. You see, I, I wish that there was audible sirens in my life that would notify me when, when I'm starting to drift, but here's the good news. We have something better than an audible siren. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And he'll speak if we listen. He'll prompt if we're sensitive to it. You see, this is why not just hearing Jesus' words in John chapter 15, but applying them to our day-to-day -day living matters. Go with me to John chapter 15. We're gonna look at a few verses. We're gonna start in verse eight. Jesus is speaking. 
Again, some background, Jesus, this is the night that he is going to be betrayed. He shared a meal with his disciples. He washed their feet. He's teaching them that he is about to be arrested, killed, but then he will rise again from the dead. He's preparing them for this. And in the midst of that context, he, he talks about the relationship between being a disciple and what he is going to do and what the Father ultimately desires for our lives. John chapter 15, starting in verse 8, it says this, my father is glorified. Can you say glorified? Now, let me, let me pause here just for a second. Everybody, make sure you catch this. Because one of the questions we all ask, it's part of our human condition, why am I here? Why do I exist? There's a lot of people walking through life and they're convinced I exist to hopefully make enough money to help make the ends meet so that someday I can retire and move to someplace warm and maybe golf and have some like Hawaiian shirts that I wear. <laughs> but can I tell you that you exist for a very clear purpose? You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. There's a design but important for us to not miss is this. You exist for the glory of God. Period. Well, Tyler, what does that mean? It means that your whole life is designed to bring God glory, to see him lifted up, to see him exalted. Don't miss that. Jesus said that my father is glorified by this, that you produce what? Much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Jesus is teaching his disciples, listen, the connection that you have to me is significant because it helps you to accomplish the reason for which you exist. God is gonna be glorified and the glorification is going to be found in the evidence of being connected to me, which is fruit. Jesus goes on to say this, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you, now don't miss these next four words. Remain in my love. Would you say those four words with me? Remain in my love. Don't read past that verse. Capture this. Jesus is telling his disciples and speaking to us today, just as the Father has loved him. What was the love of the Father towards the Son? It was perfect, it was unbroken. It was unchanging. It was eternal. And friends, Jesus says, just as the Father has loved me, I love you. Capture this. Remain in my love. Said a different way. Life center, stay in your lane. Stay in the lane of the love of Jesus. Don't drift from it. Don't depart from it. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that, you, that my joy may be what? In you and that your joy may be complete. You see, our growth and our fruitfulness 
it does two critical things. It brings glory to God, but also it's evidence that we actually have connection to Jesus. You see, the dynamic that we need to understand about our humanity is we are all glory seekers. We will either seek glory for ourselves or we will seek to give glory to the one who created us. It's just our dynamics. It's the way that we were hardwired by God. And today, if we're going to stay in the lane of the love of Jesus, there's a few important things that we need to recognize. First is this. You can't remain in a love you have not received. You see, it's, it's impossible for you, it's impossible for me to actually do what Jesus is inviting us to do unless we first receive his love. I gotta be honest, this is one of my great fears. One of my fears is that, that as a pastor, every week I talk to people, I share with people the truth of God's word and that we are building knowledge about love's God, the, the love of God, but we are not actually receiving the love of God. Do you know there's a difference between knowing about something and actually receiving it and applying it? We're called to receive the love of God. And without receiving it, we'll never remain in it. And so what does it actually look like for us to remain? I think, I think that's a good question. Does that mean just, just attend church more frequently? Does it mean never miss a day of reading your Bible? Is it doing all of the religious checklists? No, no, no. Receiving the love of God and remaining in the love of God, it looks a little bit like this. It starts by receiving it. But once we receive it, we need to then rest in it. I, I think at times we, we move too quickly past what that means and why that's important. You see, when you receive the love of Jesus, that is grace. It's mercy that meets you right where you're at. There's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it. And so often we say, okay, I know God loves me. Now what do I need to do? No, no, no. Rest in that love. You are complete in Christ. Your debt is paid, your sin is forgiven, you're a new creation. Friends, it changes everything. You receive it, you rest in it, but then don't miss this. I think we need to rejoice in it. Rejoice in it. And then once we've rejoiced in it, guess what the next step is? Repeat. <laughs> this means every day I, I receive the love of Jesus. Do you know that the love of Jesus was fresh for you this morning? before you got in your car and made your way to church, before you got all dressed up, before you, you sung perfectly and harmonized with the worship team this morning. Receive it. Rest in it. Rejoice in it. Repeat tomorrow. I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna rest in it. I'm going to rejoice in it, and then I'm going to repeat that again. That is how we remain in the love of God. Consider the words of Jude, small little book in the New Testament, second to last book of the Bible. Jude, verse 21, says this, 
Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God. What what does that mean? Stay in your lane. The lane that we're called to travel, friends, it's the love of God. I receive it. I rest in it. I rejoice in it, and I repeat it. I receive it. I rest in it. I rejoice in it. I repeat it. I think many of us, we we understand the concept, but sometimes where we wrestle is, Tyler, how how do I actually receive it? Tyler, I want to receive God's love, but but man, the shame that I'm traveling in right now, it feels so real. I, I want to receive the love of God, but, but I, there's so many people who have inflicted pain and I, I'm traveling the blame lane right now. How do I actually receive it? Can I invite you to do something right now? Would you just put your, right where you're at, put your hands out in front of you. And here's what I want to encourage you to do as your pastor. Every single day, not just with your physical hands, but let this be a a picture of what your heart should be doing. Because when we come to Christ, guess what? We bring nothing to the table except our flaw, our sin, our guilt, our shame. We, We bring nothing to this equation. It's just him, his goodness, his righteousness. And what does it look like? We receive it but not just with physical hands. Imagine your heart showing up in front of Jesus going, Jesus, today, I receive your love. And Jesus, today, I'm gonna rest in your love. And Jesus, because you love me like that, I'm gonna rejoice in your love. And and Lord, I'm gonna repeat that. And some of us, we need to repeat this not just once a day. Some of us, we need to repeat it hour by hour. Some of you, you need to set a five-minute reminder on your iPhone. I'm gonna receive it. I'm going to rest in it. I'm going to rejoice in it. And I'm going to repeat it. You can't remain in a love that you have not yet received. Some of you, you're so wrapped up by guilt, by shame, by condemnation. Hear me. Receive the love of Jesus today. Make it yours. Receive it. Be free. Get back in the lane that he has provided. Here's the second thing we need to understand. Obedience doesn't earn love. Obedience is evidence of love. Jesus, he he says in John chapter 15, that if we obey him, We will remain in his love. But but listen to what he says a few verses earlier in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says this, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Wait, Jesus, which one is it? Does love lead to obedience or does obedience lead to love? Here's what I want you to recognize. Both of these statements are true. Tyler, how do you know they're true? Because Jesus said them both. Jesus says, if you love me, guess what? You're gonna obey. And Jesus says, if you obey me, you're gonna stay in my love. What's the point here? 
Well, often when I talk to young Christians or, or even younger believers, there's this tendency at times to see obedience as legalism. But understand, obedience is not legalism. Obedience is love. Don't, don't misinterpret walking in obedience as something that, that's just about Old Testament law. No. Obedience to Jesus is this expression, because the love of God has become real to you, I want to love God in return. And what does it look like to love God? I obey him. Not out this kind of like grudgingly, oh, God expects this of me. I mean, you, you, you heard that earlier when Pastor Garrett was talking about this opportunity we have to, to honor God through the, the act of giving. It's not this, oh, God wants what from me now? No, when you have received the love of God and you want nothing more than to, to love him back, his commands are not burdensome. And we don't obey them in order to get God's love. Do you know that if you obey every command, God doesn't love you more? See, obedience is not about earning anything from God. Obedience is evidence that the love of God has met you and that that love is working in you and you want to love him back in how he's calling you to work and to live and to journey with him. You see, if you won't obey Jesus, you'll never abide in Jesus. Many of us, we, we can read those words, uh, abide or, or remain in me, and we go, yeah, I'm going to just hang out more with Jesus. And then Jesus asks us to do something that's out of our comfort zone, and we're like, wait, what? You, you, want, you want me to do what? You want me to apologize? Well, I'll apologize to them when they get their act together and apologize to me. Jesus is going, no, 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 come on. You said you want to abide. <laughs> Let me show you what abiding is all about. Hey, my love is here for you. I, I love you. Just as the Father loved me, I love you. That's the lane you're called to travel in. But now, now let's make that love grow some fruit on it. It's going to look like obedience. Don't misunderstand. You can't earn more of God's love through your activity. Jesus loves you right where you are today. Well, Tyler, I, I got some messed up stuff in my life. I, I don't know if God loves me. No, no, no. Scripture reminds us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 3, 16, a lot of us know it. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loves you today, but when that love meets you, it transforms you. So obedience is, is not about earning. Obedience is, is evidence. Here's the third thing that I want you to understand. Jesus goes on to say this, that, that he desires that his joy would be in us. Come on, how many of you in your life, you could use at least 10% more joy? Anybody else? Anybody, anybody like 50%? Some of you are like, I, I would just flat out 100% would be great, 100%. Understand this, complete joy is connected to both love and obedience. Jesus says that, that he wants his joy to be in you. 
He doesn't say, hey, I, I really want your joy to increase. And, and here's the dynamic that we have to be aware of. So often, we connect our joy to circumstances and not connection with Jesus. Don't, don't miss that. Let me say that again. So often we make the mistake of assuming that our joy is tethered to circumstances when really our joy is evidence of connection in our lives. Jesus, he wants his joy to be in you. He doesn't want just your joy to go up a little bit. He wants his joy inside of you. Think about how cool that is. Think about how big God is, how good God is. And he says, you know what? I don't want you to stay where you're at. I want my joy to be in you. And I want that joy to be complete. Maybe you've been in a season in life where you wonder if, if God's got this like bucket of joy kind of over here and he's looking at you going, well, I'll give you some when you get your act together. Don't make me come over there. And some of us were like, God, God, I just, I need a little help to get through Thursday. I, I want some more joy in my life. And God go, well, if you weren't acting like an idiot last week. You see, all of, all of that wrong thinking is connected to lane drift. We got out of this lane of understanding, wait, no, no. Just as the Father loved Jesus, Jesus loves me. And he calls me to remain in his love. Life Center, stay in your lane. Why do we drift from the lane of the love of God? Because we convince ourselves, man, I really screwed up. And some of us, we, we're continually beating ourselves up, going, man, if I only could have, or if they only would have, or if, if things would be different around me and the storms would go away, then I would have joy. When you come back to this simple scripture where Jesus reminds us that his love for us is perfect. It's never ending. It's eternal. You can count on it. And you can receive it and rest in it and rejoice in it. And friends, that is our source of complete Joy. This is why a fruitful life in Jesus matters. This is why growing matters. This is why embracing a loving obedience to Jesus matters. It's the pathway to complete joy. See, here's, here's what I know. There's a lot of lanes you can choose to travel life in. There's a lot of lanes. Some of us, we, we're busy in one of the lanes that I mentioned earlier. Others of us, we're, we're in a different lane. But there's one lane that changes everything. There's one lane that, that actually leads us to life and to hope that never ends. It never changes. There's one place where complete joy resides. And, and Jesus, he described it as being himself. He's the lane. He, he said it this way in John chapter 14, verse six. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And many of us, we, we maybe had a starting point in that, but can I ask you, follower of Jesus, has there been some drift in your life? Have you drifted from the lane of love? If you're traveling the lane of condemnation today and yet you are in Christ, it's time to get back in your lane. God loves you. He's for you. The work of Jesus on the cross was enough for you. Receive it. Rest in it. Rejoice in it. Stay in his lane called love. But when that love meets you, guess what? It begins to change you. And that's where our loving response is to obey him, to, to fulfill what he has called us to do and to be. And that, friends, is where complete joy is found. In a weird kind of paradox, the, the complete joy is actually found in, in experiencing the love of God, but then turning around and expressing our love back to God through obedience. If you're lacking in joy today, maybe there's been some lane drift. So again, I ask, what lane are you traveling in? There's only one lane that leads us to life, to hope, to joy. So today, across this room, can I invite you to bow your heads with me just for a moment? I wanna pray for two specific things. I wanna give us some, some time right now just to respond to what the Holy Spirit is prompting our hearts with. See friends, the good news is, if we will listen, the Holy Spirit is speaking. The Holy Spirit is prompting. So much better than just a, a vehicle assist. No, no, no. God's Spirit dwells in us and he speaks. Today, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're worshiping with us online. Today, you realize that you're far from God. Maybe today you, you realize, man, I, I need a fresh start. Maybe today you need to receive the love of Jesus, just like those open hands, but, but today you're gonna open up your heart. See, maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus. Here's the good news. If, if we say yes to Jesus, scripture says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It goes on to say if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. Today across this room, that's where you're at and you say, you know what, Tyler, I, I want a fresh start with God. I wanna welcome Jesus into my life. I wanna say yes to him today. If that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. Tyler, pray for me today, yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Others would say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you can put those hands down. Second, I wanna pray for those of us, maybe we've been following Jesus for a while now, but there's been some lane drift. Maybe you've been beating yourself up with, with shame, with guilt, with condemnation. Maybe, maybe you've been traveling the, the blame lane for far too long. There's been some drift. 
and you wanna get back in the right lane. You need to stay in the lane of the love of God. If that's you today, you say, yeah, Tyler, there's been some drift and it's time for me to adjust. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, just hold it up for a moment, say, yeah, that's me, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father, I thank you for your perfect love for us. It's the lane you call us to live in. Yes, so often, whether it's circumstances or choices, challenges around us, there's this thing called drift that we all experience, but I thank you that your mercy is new for our lives every single day. Jesus, you call us to remain in your love. Would you teach us, Holy Spirit, how to do that each and every day? Jesus, every day I pray that we would receive your love, that we would rest in your love, that we would rejoice in your love, and then we would repeat that process day in and day out. Lord, for those who have experienced lane drift, I pray that this very moment, Holy Spirit, that you would help them realign their lives to the lane you call us to stay in. Father, I pray for those who raised a hand earlier saying that they desire a fresh start with you by putting their trust in Jesus. Life Center, can we collectively pray this prayer with those who are praying it maybe for the first time? Would you say these words, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision?